Welcome back to He Leadeth Me, a spiritual formation podcast for Focus staff, students, and friends. I'm Jessica, Focus's Manager of Spiritual Formation, and today I am joined by Father John Ignatius, one of our national chaplains. Thanks for joining me today, Father. Thanks, Jess, and Happy Easter. It's awesome to be with you today. Yeah, Happy Easter to you too. Christ is risen. Yeah, after a long Lent, I was joking the other day here at the DSC saying, I'm so happy that Lent is over, you know. And yeah, now we have the joy of the resurrection. Yes, towards the end of Lent, you're just aching for Easter to come. And then it's so exciting when it does come, the whole day just celebrating and eating finally. So yeah, it's a really joyous time. But you know, one of the things that I was thinking about is people really know how to pray during the Lenten season. They know how to examine their consciences and think about their own sin and ask God to help them repent of that sin. And they know how to meditate on Jesus's passion. And yet, I think that on Easter, we tend to say, yay, Christ is risen, and then kind of move on with our lives. And yet, the church actually gives more days to the Easter season than to the Lenten season. Easter's 50 days. We're supposed to celebrate more than we are repenting of our sins and doing penance. And yet, I think that people easily move on from Easter. So I guess today, I want to talk about what people should be praying with. So is there anything that is touching your heart right now in your prayer or that you recommend that your directees pray with during these 50 days? You know, that is such a good question and uh, you are absolutely right. It's so easy to pray during Lent. People prepare themselves from Lent. Usually my directees come uh, a few weeks before Lent and they say to me, Lent is coming. What should I do? What should I pray with? And now it's Easter and they didn't even think about it. Of course, Lent is a preparation for Easter, obviously, but I mean, the question is so, so appropriate because we know how to meditate on the passion and all, all the sufferings of Christ. And many times, wow, Christ, Christ is risen, we can eat sweets again, and we move on. When, you know, as you say, it's such an important season in which we have to rejoice. You you, you use that word, that the joyous season of of, of uh, Easter. I think if, if you ask me for what to pray about, my favorite topics, oh, there are a lot, actually, but I have two that for me are are central. First, joy, um, the spiritual joy. Uh, Saint Ignatius of Loyola, in his spiritual exercises, he dedicates the fourth week of the exercises to the contemplation of the resurrection and all the mysteries of the life of the risen Lord. And the fruit of that week, when he says, what is the, the grace that we have to ask for, is always spiritual joy. Mm. Uh, not any joy. It's not the joy that, oh, I get to eat sugar again. or No, it's the joy of there's a transformation here. Jesus died and he didn't come back to the same life that he had before. He came back to a new life. Uh, the resurrection is a recreation. So it is not that he gives us life, he gives us a new life. And that is the joy of Easter, to know that because of Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the dead, we are called to a new life, a life with him for all eternity. So that brings joy uh, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of uh, our challenges, to know that we are with Christ and that our suffering, our challenges, our crosses make sense because of the resurrection. 
Uh, there are many people who came back to life. And Lazarus came back to life. We have the, the young man, the, the son of the widow of Naim, came back to life. Uh, the little girl came back to life. And, you know, we saw that many times. But they, come to, they came back to the same life. Jesus came back to a new life, and that is the life he wants to give us. So if we die with Jesus to sin, as St. Paul says, we're going to rise with him to a new life. And that is the joy, the joy that our life makes sense because of the day of the resurrection. That is such an important point. Jesus did not come back to the same life. He came back to a new life. Uh, I've heard it said that the grace of Easter is newness. And to the extent that we have faith in that, we participate in the newness of Christ. You know, this, this scene in The Passion that I love uh, in, the, in the movie, The Passion of the Christ, when Jesus uh, finds Mary in the encounter and, and Jesus says to Mary, See, Mother, I'm making all things new. Every time I see that scene or I think about it, I, I tear up because that is, that is the essence of the passion and the resurrection because the passion makes sense because of the resurrection. Otherwise, it, it wouldn't make any sense. So many people died, right? But Jesus died, conquered sin through his death and conquered death through his resurrection. And that is what we celebrate. So it's a new life. It's, Jesus, it's, that is why we say, that is why in the Paschal Vigil, the first reading is the reading of creation, we contemplate once again the creation of the world. Why? Because in a few moments, we're going to celebrate the recreation of this new world by the Son of God. Uh, and that is a source of joy. Again, spiritual joy. It's not the joy of, oh, let's go party. Let's, no, it's a joy of, I mean, our life makes sense. And this leads to the second thing that I always meditate on and I want people to invite, to think and pray about, which is heaven. We can go to heaven because Jesus rose from the dead. He opened for us the gates of heaven. So now we are called again sons and daughters of God. There's a beautiful meditation of Jesus. And I think we talked about that uh, in our, uh, one of our episodes about uh, Holy Week. When Jesus, in between his death and his resurrection, went down uh, to hell, the hell of the limbo of the just, and freed them. They were in, in chains and he freed them. Well, he does the same with, with each one of us with his resurrection. So my invitation, and what I do a lot actually, is to think we are called to heaven. Our life here in this earth is, in, is an embryo of the life in heaven. I mean, it's, it's life, like the life of a baby in the womb, it's life, it's still life. But it's an embryo of something that will develop and will be way more, way better. Well, the same happens in our life. Our life on this earth is just the beginning, the embryo of the life for which we were created, which is the life in heaven. So I want to invite all our friends who are listening uh, to spend quite a bit of time meditating on heaven. Because many times we think about hell. We think about condemnation, about all these things, which is good because they exist. And Jesus speaks about that in, in the gospel. But also he speaks about heaven. So we need to think about our eternal destiny. We were created for heaven. And Jesus rising from the dead shows us that we are going to rise also with him to spend a whole eternity in heaven if we are faithful, if we embrace his invitation. You know, that's actually where my prayer has been going this Easter is about heaven. What is heaven going to be like? And this is, 
I guess, kind of an odd way to get there. But my friend has a daughter and she's 10 years old and she started to become very focused on clothes and how she looks because she's going to school with these other girls and these other girls have their nails done, things like that. So she begged her mom, can I get my nails done? And her mom talked to me and she says, you know, I don't want her to think that it's bad to look pretty, but at the same time, I don't want her to become obsessed with how she looks. I don't know what to do. And I said, okay, well, why don't we try to give her some theology on why we try to look pretty, why we look nice? And so we agreed that I would take Cecilia to get her nails done, and I would try to teach her some theology. And I was thinking about it, like, what kind of theology can I give her? And so the day arrived, and she told me that she'd been reminding her mom all week that I was going to take her to get her nails done for Easter. And I was like, do you know what colors you want? And she said, oh, I've been thinking about it all night. I want my nails to look blue like the ocean. That's great. So I told her, Cece, do you know why we get our nails done? She says, well, to look pretty. And I said, yes, that's true. But it also is a good reminder to us that we're going to go to heaven someday. And in heaven, our bodies are perfect and they're beautiful and they're like Jesus's body. And we can remind ourselves of how good heaven is going to be. And that makes us want to go there and help other people go there. And so then we want to work really hard and sacrifice for Jesus. But it's good to remind ourselves sometimes that in heaven, we're going to have resurrected bodies like Jesus's body, and they're not going to be capable of suffering anymore. And I even told her some of the cool stuff that the church teaches, like your body has agility. So if you think about a place, you can instantly be there. And so it was really fun teaching her about heaven and trying to relate that to why we get our nails done. Um, But that's kind of been what's been on my heart is what is heaven going to be like? Yeah, that is that is funny, but it's so profound at the same time, right? To, to try, I mean, to use our own emotions mm-hmm. and, and the simplicity of a 10-year-old girl to say, well, but there's way more than our nails. I mean, it's okay, but there's way more. So it, it's really beautiful. You know, now that you are talking, uh, so I... I spend some time going through emails. Uh, usually I do that when I have some time, you know, to reflect. And Because I, there are emails that I usually save and I, I go through them. So I want to share this one. I mean, the email in itself may sound a little sad, uh, but it's so full of hope. Actually, I, I, I used it for my prayer many, many times. This is an old email. It's from, like, from 2019. So it's four years old. But this is an email, you know, that in focus, we receive a lot of prayer requests, uh, which is beautiful. Uh, constantly, we have all staff receives, you know, all these uh, prayers from focus missionaries and friends and students and mission partners. Uh, every, everyone who uh, wants prayers, they ask focus missionaries, and then all of us as a community pray for that intention. So this happened, uh, again, I think it was during Holy Week, a few days before Holy Week, if not during Holy Week of 2019. So I don't know the person who wrote this. This uh, is a young man who posted this message that I'm going to read now uh, on his Facebook wall. So this is four years ago. Friends and family just officially got word that I don't have much longer to live on this earth. After a while, they either put me on a breathing tube with no assurances that I'll ever come off, or they'll just give me enough drugs so I pass peacefully in my sleep. Even if you are unable to visit, please keep me in your thoughts and prayers and know of the love that I have for each and every of you in my heart. 
Please do not mourn my death, but celebrate my life. And know that you'll have one more angel praying for you in heaven. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, every time I read it, I mean, I'm joking a little bit. But, you know, I think, look at the faith of this young man whom I never met. Uh, I hope to meet him in heaven. What makes him write those words as he knows that he will die so soon? What we are celebrating today and all these days, the resurrection of Christ, hope. Why does he write this, this, these lines full of hope? Because of the empty tomb. Because he knows that this life is the prelude of the eternal life. And he knows that if he, as we can think, ha- try to be faithful to Christ, he knows that he will spend a whole eternity with Christ. And that is why he says, don't mourn my death but celebrate my life. Of course, we and his friends mourned his death, obviously, because it's part of our human experience. But just to see uh, the, the hope that this young man had before crossing the threshold of, uh, of death, you know, and why? Because of the resurrection of Christ. As I said before, the resurrection gives sense to our life. The empty tomb is important because it is empty, because Jesus is alive, because the empty tomb is a sign of, of a new life. So this new life that points to eternity, and that is the invitation of the church during the octave of Easter and the 50 days of Easter, and, and our entire life, to always look up, to look, to look at heaven, to think that we are called to go there. And again, unfortunately, we are going to suffer. The cross exists, but... As Jessica once told me, I have to say, Jess, you told me, I mean, after each death, there's always a resurrection. And I've been praying with that phrase for a long time now. So Jesus knew that as well. But, you know, death continues to be death. And it implies suffering. It implies uh, letting go. It implies giving things up. But afterwards, there is a resurrection. So the difference that Christ brings is that now our death makes sense because there is a resurrection. So that is the invitation of the church, to think about heaven like this young man thought. Well, I know that I'm finishing my time on this earth, but there's a new time where there's no time because it is eternity in which I will spend all my eternal life with Christ, the Blessed Mother, and the saints. Well, that is the invitation, uh, friends, uh, during this time of Easter. Yeah, that email is absolutely stunning. And it just makes you wonder, like, if I learned that doctors told me you're going to die soon and there's there's just no hope of your recovery, would I respond in the same way as that young man did? And I think you can only respond in that way if you've been meditating on what heaven is like and that that's where you're going, that Jesus is sharing his own divine life with you. And yet you're right, it's, it's unfortunate that so often maybe we meditate on hell or our deathbeds, but we hardly ever think about heaven. And that is a spiritual joy that the church invites us to think of. Again, it is not just joy, it is spiritual joy. The joy of the spirit, the soul, uh, the destiny that all of us were created for. Yeah. Well, I think that 
meditating on heaven is a wonderful thing to pray about in this season. And we talked about praying with the gospel narratives of the resurrection and spiritual joy too. I think that another thing that I encourage people to pray with is their baptisms. Because, you know, we see the converts baptized at the Easter Vigil, and we understand that their whole lives are different now. Whatever they were before, they are now children of God. They're members of the Catholic Church. But I think that for so many of us, because we were baptized as infants, we don't really think about the tremendous spiritual change that occurred in the earliest moments of our lives when we were baptized. That is so true. Uh, as you say, I mean, they're new creatures. Uh, when we were baptized, we became new creatures, new creations. We died to sin to rise to a new life with Christ, as St. Paul says. So uh, it's a great opportunity to give thanks to God for the gift of faith for the gift of our Catholic faith, of our baptism, of, of, for the gift of grace in our lives. You know, uh, we can take things for granted. Uh, we get used to being baptized. We get used to being Catholic. We get used to even receiving the Eucharist many times. So it's a great opportunity to reflect on all the changes, you know, that the resurrection brought about in the life of the world, but in our own lives. When St. Ignatius uh, presents a meditation on the love of God, one of the main ways in which he encourages people to grow in their love for God is gratitude, is mm. to reflect on all the benefits received from God. Well, the resurrection brought so many benefits to us. I mean, the fact of being new creatures, being sons and daughters of God, the fact of being able to go to heaven, the fact of giving sense to our suffering, the fact of, of just being brothers and sisters in Christ because he purchased for us uh, uh, eternal life. You know, the word redemption means to buy again in Latin. Redimere mm. means to buy again. Why? Because Jesus, with his sacrifice on the cross, paid the price for us to be able to be again sons and daughters of God. So he offered his sacrifice, but he needed to overcome death so that that sacrifice will be able to make us go to heaven. So that is a joy that we are celebrating these days. Uh, that's that's incredible. You know, I know that you love words and looking up what they mean and things. I just learned what the word Easter means. Do you know what Easter means? In English, Easter? Well, I'm, it, the etymology of the word. No. It means East. It comes from Old English, and it simply means east, and it's supposed to show that uh, the rising sun is a symbol of Christ for us. You know, he brings light to the whole world, and it's also supposed to remind us that he's coming again and that uh, he is going to resurrect us as well. That is so interesting because I always, you know, I was born in Argentina, so my first language is Spanish. So both in Spanish or in Italian or even in French, the, the word uh, that we use for Easter is completely different. It comes oh. from Greek and, and Latin, which is Pasca. In, in Spanish, Pasqua, like in Italian, Pac in, in French. And it means uh, a Passover. We've, I mean, it's just the Passover. I mean, the same word that uh, the, the, the Israelites use. So it's a Passover from, you know, sin to grace. Uh, and I always wonder, why do we say Easter in English? So very interesting. It makes a lot of sense, actually. Yes. Thank you for that. Yes, well, and I, I think that uh, the better theological term is probably Paschal. But at the same time, we can see Jesus's 
dying and rising symbolized in the night and the eventual dawn. But it's also a powerful symbol for us. Every morning that the sun rises, we can be reminded that, yes, we we are going to die. We are going to experience that night. And Jesus is going to resurrect us. Yeah, absolutely. That is why, I mean, the resurrection took place in the spring also, right? When, you know, I mean, everything comes back to life. So it's, it's so beautiful to see those symbolisms that, that even the Lord used, I mean, to help us understand better what it means uh, to rise to a new life. Well, as we are closing here, I want to share another fact with you that I learned uh, about Easter recently. So it always drove me nuts that there was an Easter bunny (laughs) because bunnies do not lay eggs. And yet there's a bunny with a basket and he gives eggs and it just, it drives me nuts. I mean, I understand the symbolism of the egg and that in, you know, like the Eastern churches, they decorate the eggs because the egg is a symbol of new life, Um, just like Jesus rose from the dead so the chick is hatched from the egg and all of that um but I, I just didn't understand the bunny and so apparently it comes from the symbolism of a bunny going into a hole in the ground and so that's like jesus going into the hole of the cave and then the bunny comes back up and so that symbolizes jesus's resurrection and then the bunny leaps over hills and things and so it shows that jesus is still active in our lives Oh, that is so beautiful, yeah. I mean, I like, uh, I don't want to make this longer, but I like the idea of the activity of Jesus. St. Ignatius says that when he rose from the dead, Jesus stayed very active on this earth. He didn't stay just idle. He, his office was the one of consoler, he says. He, he went to console his friends, his disciples, the women, and, and he just brought this joy, this hope, and the same happens in our spiritual life. So just know that Jesus is very active during these days. So we have to take advantage of his activity and ask him to renew our faith, to renew our hope, to renew our joy, that spiritual joy that is uh, what gives strength uh, to each one of us to continue in our daily lives. That is a great point and a great point for our future meditations here over the next 50 days. Well, Father, thank you for joining me today to talk about this Easter season. Could you close us in a blessing? Yes, of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your life to us, for the gift of your death and your resurrection. We give you thanks because you made us new creations by your death and resurrection. We ask you to give us the grace to embrace this grace so that we may be transformed by your grace with spiritual joy, with hope, with love. And once transformed by you, we may become your instruments to transform the world. Give us peace during this Easter season and help us always say yes to your most holy will. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Happy Easter. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening.